Hi, and welcome to Super Anti-Aging Podcast. This is Steve Halpern, and you're listening to what soon will be one of the most listened to podcasts in the entire health field. And I say this modestly. Well, for those that are new to my podcast, let me give you a little background. Uh, I've been doing health and nutrition counseling and uh, studying this whole field for almost 50 years. And when I first started, it was pretty scary because you were considered going against the mainstream. Of course, taking supplements was said to be wasting your time and you might as well just uh, they're just going to go down the toilet, and it was just going to maybe even kill you. Not only that, but there was a campaign to harass and uh, possibly even arrest people practicing uh, alternative uh, health counseling and giving people health and nutrition advice, unless you are a registered dietitian, which was, again, you know, part of the mainstream. And so many of us and many of my friends and, and many doctors had their licenses taken away and some of my colleagues actually even you know got arrested for practicing medicine without a license they would come in with a tape recorder and try and get you to say all sorts of things like you're treating cancer or those kind of things so there was a bit kind of it, it was kind of uh, many of us try to stay in hiding and it was very very frustrating and now to see the turnaround especially even more with COVID, but the growth of health coaches and web information and uh, psychic nutritionists. And it just, I'm really excited to see that we're getting the recognition in this field that it deserves. Because even when I was first starting, there were nutrition scientists. There were legitimate people and there are many people who really had uh, results, but there was that, you know, change the culture, you know, and you know, again, we were considered the nuts and the berries. So for the last number of years, I'm going to be 76 in January, and my biological age, according to my blood test and methylation tests and so forth, is around 42, 43 years old. And so my goal is to spread this information to people who know and the people who don't know. Okay, so I'll try and be in the middle ground. You know, I spend a lot of time uh, on podcasts, other podcasts, reading medical journals, listening to uh, YouTubes, going to conferences so that I can accumulate as much information that's of value. And, and I have an wonderful privilege of spending a couple of days a week with a brilliant integrative physician, Dr. Pony Nadlis, where I get to see actual clinical results and opinions on some of the supplements and some of the ideas that I'm finding are propagated on the web. And so I welcome as much information as I can, but I'm going to try and sort through what I find is uh, functional, and as much as I can science basis information. Uh, Let's move along here. (laughs) And by the way, I will be expanding this. My goal, especially for New Year's, is to start to do some videos and maybe some TikToks, and uh, 
and maybe even a blog. And I'm going to put together a longevity program for those that are really interested uh, so that they can derive the same benefits I derive and the few clients that I've seen the results with. I really want to spread this information. So let's get into some information. Glycine. Glycine is an amino acid. It's uh, part of glutathione, glutamine, glycine, cysteine. And some really nice studies actually going back many years that I came across in dental. And of course, a big dental problem is periodontal disease. And uh, many seniors have a problem with it. But even even uh, younger people in their 40s and 50s can have this problem. And uh, you get bone loss. And it's really a difficult problem. And you're told to uh, get your teeth uh, deep cleaned. And that's going to solve the problem. And sometimes they even actually do antibiotics. And for gum recession, and the idea is that uh, you'll have uh, all sorts of advanced dental treatment. Okay, where necessary, I'm sure that's a value. But the studies show that glycine, and I'll go in a little more into glycine, which is totally non-toxic and available as a supplement, can be used to not only clean the teeth, but just clean the teeth. So I have many of my clients get powdered glycine and brush with it. In fact, there are some studies that even talk about using it as part of a dental cleaning uh, uh, that you would get in a dental office and using glycine uh, as part of the program, as part of getting um, your dental hygienist to clean your teeth. But here was a fascinating result. It actually helped prevent bone loss, bone loss in periodontal disease. Well, this is so important because this is, you know, as you get older, the problem is not so much the cavities, but tooth loss from periodontal disease. And certainly also a problem with implants. You don't want implantitis and you don't want bone loss. So adding glycine to your dental program is a wonderful idea. Anywhere between 2 to 3 grams of glycine is totally safe. And again, the nice thing about it is it's an antioxidant. It can help the immune system. And it can also support that amazing and such an important antioxidant is glutathione. Remember, glutamine, glycine, and cysteine. So it's part of glutathione. All right, so glycine, put that on your top list. Glycine. And while we're talking about dental... A big, hot topic in the longevity field is rapamycin. Now, I've talked about rapamycin before. Rapamycin was discovered on Easter Island. It was originally looked at as an antifungal, and it still is an antifungal. But that wasn't really what they discovered it could be really used for, and they use it for transplants. At high dose, it's designed to help organ rejection. Well, that's a good idea. But it was also found that it affected uh, a metabolic switch called main target of rapamycin. I like that. They named it after rapamycin. And this is sort of the uh, switch, metabolic switch, cellular metabolic switch. And they found that 
it seems to prevent age-related conditions. And in certain uh, animal and cell models and worms, it can improve lifespan. So there's a whole movement, and they're even doing a, a canine rapamycin study, and they're trying to fund uh, human rapamycin uh, crowdfund source, crowdsource uh, rapamycin study. But then you're talking about two milligrams, maybe even, you know, under medical guidance, you can even do maybe even uh, four or six milligrams. And if you go to Dr. Green's site, rapamycin site, Dr. Green rapamycin, you'll see lots of information. Now, why in this context of dental? Because it was shown that it might prevent bone loss, periodontal disease, and even implantitis. So it might be something you might look at. Look, you know, do some searches, maybe um, consult with uh, an open integrative dentist, which I do know, uh, a very fine dentist, um, where you can uh, contact me and I'll let you know because I haven't asked his permission to share his name yet, but <laughs> I will. Anyway, so rapamycin should be on your list. So that's two topics I've talked about that can help you. Glycine, okay rapamycin, and of course, uh, let's get into the big topic of making it simple. What are the major markers of danger for increased anti-aging conditions? Insulin resistance. Now, you can get insulin resistance or pre-diabetes. Not be over-diabetes, but insulin-resistant diabetes where you're not utilizing your insulin properly. You're producing high insulin, not a good thing. Generate inflammation. Where does it come from? Excessive sugar, which then affects fructose, high fructose levels. Big, big, big problem. Okay. Processed foods, processed oils. Safest oils are actually olive oil, not to cook at high temperature, avocado oil, ghee, and maybe even some, you know, butter. But all the processed oils are processed at high temperature, and they're not normal and natural. They're seed oils that do not normally occur. And so I definitely advise staying away from safflower oil and sunflower oil. And, you know, all, you know, even in health bars, you'll see, you know, all these oils added. I mean, I started reading some what so-called health products, and they've got these oils in them. And I don't need these oils, okay? Yes, you want EPA, cosapentanoic acid, fish oils, and you want, you know, um, olive oil. And I even advise what's called omega-7 from buckhorn, which is uh, an omega, you know, actually, they call it, it's actually an omega-6. But I do like some omega-6, say, from primrose oil or from uh, gamma-lunic acid, GLA, GLA, primrose oil, or it's going to say GLA. And that's a, a different kind of omega-6 than you're going to get from all these processed oils. And it's a big problem. The ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 can be a problem. Now, I just saw a study. And again, how they design these you know, uh, studies and you know, the conclusions. And, oh, well, maybe fish oils don't do what they're supposed to do. And and then I go like, wait a second, what kind of fish oils, what kind of dose, how was it reported, how was it, you know, how are they keeping track of people, and no. There's enough 
good studies that EPA, good EPA, that's not rancid, not a crappy product, uh, you know, you can contact me and I can tell you the ones that I believe. You know, Consumer Reports, for instance, recommends some name brand uh, fish oils that aren't contaminated, don't have mercury and arsenic and all that kind of stuff and aren't rancid. And also, as a side note, if the fish oil is a problem, you can refrigerate them, but certainly fish oils. You're not going to get enough EPA from the algae. Uh, it is not really going to do it. Okay. And trying to get enough EPA from uh, just food products. Well, you don't want fish. So much fish is contaminated now. Yeah, so that's another big issue. All right. I mean, before you could take a lot of fish and that would do it. But now it's a problem. There's some good EPA studies on brain function and cardiovascular function. And, and this is very, very important. Okay. Big issue in aging is the aging of the cardiovascular system. And we see problems with, you know, you can do a basic test. or you do a cholesterol and you do a triglyceride. Oh, triglycerides. Yes, yes, that's, that's a big warning. Big warning. Triglycerides related to insulin resistance. Cut your carbohydrates, add the fish oils, and you're probably going to maybe add some cinnamon, and uh, you're probably going to lower your triglycerides, which are a major cardiovascular risk factor. Now, the new studies on LDL, oh, well, we did LDL, you have LDL, mm-mm, does not seem to be really the factor. Maybe rancid LDL might be a problem, and that comes from eating processed foods and processed oils. And that's a problem. It's like bad oil in your car, right? You don't, you change the oil in your car, otherwise it damages and corrodes your engine. So that's another issue that you want to make sure you're not taking in things that are going to, you certainly don't want to take oxidized oils. Okay, now let's talk about LDL and uh, lipo A, which is a genetic factor, and yet it seems to be a risk factor, cardiovascular risk factor, but seems to be helped by vitamin C. And even Dr. Pauling and Dr. Cameron did some really interesting cardiovascular studies. And now we know why it seems to help lipo A. Now, if you're doing a cardiovascular evaluation blood test, make sure they're doing the particles. Yes, the particles. That's really, really, really important. Now, I said this in a previous podcast, you want, counterintuitive, you would say, well, they're little particles and big particles. And normally you say, well, I don't want big particles. Yes, the big particles don't go through the blood vessels and cause the problem. It's the little particles that cause a problem. And this certainly can be affected by insulin resistance and, and uh, what you're taking in now. The other th- really major issue, and I've talked about this over and over again, is your microbiome and uh, how your microbiome can produce toxic compounds that can affect your cardiovascular system, something called TMOA, which can be made by certain uh, probiotics and which can convert choline into something called TMOA, which you don't really want. Well, is the answer as well, I won't do the choline. No, just get a healthy macrobiome. Olive oil can help the macrobiome. Um, Sulforaphane, which I've talked about many times, can help that healthy macrobiome. 
and fiber. You should be taking and starting to read labels, you know, adding things like uh, chia seed and uh, maybe inulin. And if you're not, you know, I've certainly added some whole grains back to my diet. I'm not gluten sensitive, so that's not a problem. Maybe if you're gluten sensitive, it might be a problem. Um, uh, green tea certainly can help your macrobiome. And so, yes, probiotics are wonderful. You can eat fermented products. You can, some of the yogurts really a nonsense because, you know, if they add the probiotic uh, before pasteurization, you're going to kill the probiotic for the most part. And I think maybe you know, kimchi and uh, pickles and sauerkraut. And uh, you can do your homework on fermented foods. I think fermented foods are great, but you've got to take the fiber. Because, you know, normally, now this is, this is a f- an interesting fact. If you go to uh, populations more, you know, uh, populations that eat more natural diets, you'll see that uh, they evacuate maybe three times a day. And so if, if, you're, if you're going to the bathroom and it ain't easy and you have time to play on your phone, <laughs> you might have a problem. Okay. And the problem, things just stay there and ferment and whatnot. And then, you know, we have the risk of uh, colon cancer, which is growing. And you don't see colon cancer in populations that have high fiber uh, intake diets. You know, you go to, you know, uh, African cultures and cultures that are, you know, uh, growing their own foods and uh, have lots of these, you know, they're basically plant-based diets. You do not see this. So uh, it's almost like colon cancer seems to be uh, a condition found in the change in our diets. So, and, and another big factor is the colon ages. So it's even more important as a person gets older to really work on colon and digestive health. Uh, as we get older, often we're not producing enough hydrochloric acid for digestion. We're not producing enough digestive enzymes. So often that can help. So even if you're taking in the food, you might not be getting maximum nutrients. And the other interesting part is, I've said this before in previous podcasts, um, butyrate. Butyrate is produced as a byproduct of fermentation of, uh, in uh, fiber in the colon by certain bacteria, butyric acid. And as we, as I said before, what's been fascinating is to see that many of these probiotics can travel out of the colon, into the body, into the blood, and produce all sorts of chemicals. So it's not just, it's an organ. It's a major, major, major organ, that probiotic system. It's not just the colon, okay, and intestine. It's that whole community. And so diet is absolutely so, so important. So let me talk about the butyrate. Butyrate seems to have a really beneficial effect on many, many health factors. But one of the fascinating ones is something called leaky gut. Now, leaky gut doesn't mean you call a plumber. No, no, you don't do that. Leaky gut means that there's permeability in your digestive system and particles are passing through the wall of the intestine, small intestine, that are not supposed to. And then they can get into the blood and cause all sorts of problems, maybe an allergic problems or maybe autoimmune problems, uh, all sorts of problems. 
And it's not something really considered by most mainstream gastroenterologists. Okay. Butyrate seems to have a healing effect on uh, patching up gut permeability so you don't get that leaky, leaky gut. By the way, one of the things I forgot in my previous podcast, if you're following me on these podcasts, as I was talking about glucose control and uh, insulin the glucose control, and I talked about cinnamon, and I talked about uh, all sorts of other things. Uh, but the one I talked about and missed <laughs> was ECGC from green tea. Oh, by the way, berberine also. Berberine, really important. Some people are even comparing it to, I don't know if I'd say it all the time, but berberine seems to have a really beneficial effect on lowering blood sugar. So does sulforaphane. So does uh, uh, cinnamon. Easy. Easy things to do. Not a problem. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I enjoy sharing this information. Uh, please put comments. Contact me. Um, I'm trying to get the list together for my programs. And uh, if you keep listening, I'll keep you posted. So we come to the end of this podcast again. Thank you so much for listening. Please share and subscribe.